this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Jason Kuntz. With over a decade of experience with the 3M company in a variety of technical and leadership roles, Jason demonstrates his passion for the safety and health profession across multiple platforms. A forward thinker with the objective to elevate the health and well-being of all workers, Jason uses his voice to amplify the profession and the professional. His life journey, blessings, and struggles have inspired a commitment to building professional communities that ensure an empowerment of their people. Jason is a husband, co-founder, speaker, coach, and community advocate. He's a CIH and CSP, but mostly grateful to have a J-O-B and work with some of the most passionate and compassionate people on the planet. Married since 2019, Jason and his wife, Malia, call Minneapolis home. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? Hey, Chad, I'm really well. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing great. uh, Both Barbara and I are very excited to have you on uh, TED Speaks today in our 52nd um, episode already, which we can't believe, and I'm very lucky that uh, we have great listeners, safety professionals out there listening, and uh, excited to have you on there. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of let our uh, listeners know a little bit of background about you, Jason? Yeah, yeah, Ted, I I would love to. And first, let me just acknowledge, congratulations, you said 52 episodes, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah, congratulations on that. You know, I, I was able to listen to a few of them, and uh, you're bringing significant value to, to the profession. And um, I'll just say, I, number one, I appreciate that. And I know you're making a difference for a lot of people. So 52 and hopefully to, to, to many more beyond 52. How about that? <laughs> I agree. And thank you very much for your kind words. They they mean a lot to both Barb and I. Definitely. Um, you want so, to kind of just tell, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself then and kind of let the yeah. listeners know who you are, who Jason is. Yeah, of course, Ted. So uh, Jason Coons. 
dialing in from St. Paul, sunny St. Paul, Minnesota today. <laughs> I bet um, you're nice and warm uh, too, right? <laughs> you know what? Surprisingly, it is not bad. It was about 16 degrees this morning. That's Fahrenheit. Uh, we're pump, pumping about 45 right now. So I'll, I will take it for this time of year. So you got the short uh, sleeves on today then? Oddly enough, I do. You know, us, <laughs> us goofy Minnesotans that, that we hit above 55, the t-shirts start coming out and then start coming off it gets a little weird so anyway um but back back to business um yeah jason coons uh st paul minnesota is where i'm based i've been with the 3m company for about nine years now actually uh the first company that i started working for out of college i uh, went to school at bemidji state university aka harvard of the north as far as the locals refer refer to it as and uh just want to acknowledge that the Beaver football and soccer team right now are in the national playoffs. So awesome. a big shout out to my alma mater there. That, uh, that is, State that must've been because of all the support and the years that you were there, you probably built that program to where it's at now. Is that what I'm hearing? You know, for the most part, yeah, I've just put it on my back <laughs> over the last decade or so. <laughs> yeah. As, as, as little to nothing to do with my time there. That is for sure. So Bemidji State, you know, graduated there, started my work at 3M. Background is oddly enough, it's industrial hygiene. Uh, I'm a really? CIH. I got my, yeah, I got my master's in industrial hygiene from the University of Minnesota. Actually transitioned from IH at 3M, which is where I started. Did some sales. Right? I know you know my good friend Patrick really well with 3M Fall Protection. Absolutely. Actually used, used to work with him, covered a few states. Sold respiratory fall protection head eye and face with a 3M company, and then uh, transitioned into sales coaching development, key account development, and then I got poached into the global safety and health organization at 3M, which is where I find myself now. About two years into that role, so my responsibility, Ted, for the 3M company globally would be event investigation, work at height, and then my baby and my passion is organizational and cultural excellence. That's where I spend the majority of my time driving what we call EHS cultural excellence across the three companies. So that's me at a high level. Oh, also, I cannot forget this. Happily married, happily <laughs> married to my beautiful wife, Malia. Uh, we are two years in and uh, we're actually working on baby number one. So uh, pray for us in that regard. Absolutely. Definitely. We definitely will. How exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. And I just love the passion that you have, uh, Jason, for number one, your family, your faith, but also your your job, you know, and, and I kind of like the way that you uh, put that in there before, you know, with all your credentials and stuff, you're also happy to have a J-O-B, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I just think that that's great and have that passion. Can you kind of talk a little bit to us about, you know, you say that uh, sending home employees home safe, but even better than they were when they arrived. What do you mean by that when you say that? Yeah. So I I have this odd belief, you know, Ted, and and we hear it all the time. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we've made it a cliche within our profession. And oftentimes with most cliches, the odd thing about them is they're true, but we've made them a cliche. So when we share them, people check out, right? We've all seen the CEO, the well-intended senior leader where they stand up and one of the first things they say, but there's no passion. There's no authenticity behind it. They say, here our mission, our goal is to send everyone home in the same, you know, we've heard that message and it's true and they believe it and it's well intended. But what I believe, Ted, I believe that when people show up, 
to the workforce, right, that they should be so appreciated, so cared for, so respected, so honored by their employer that they actually, they leave the workforce, they leave the workplace at the end of the day, and they're better for having been there. They, they picked up something from their manager, their supervisor, their leader that they can go and deploy or employ outside of the workplace, something related to their health, their well-being, their family, their faith, their finance. In our case, their safety, health, and well-being, where it makes them a better person for having showed up at work that day. And, and I think, and I really believe, that EHS professionals can play a critical role in that. And also, we within the company at 3M, we believe that our frontline supervisors also play a critical role in something like that. So it's a belief I have. Um, you know, I pray that we truly are sending people better than when they came when they showed up that day. I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and kind of a funny story on the, on the side note on that, Jason. I remember one time I was down in the Chicago area and I was talking to an inspector from OSHA and, uh, you know, he, he said exactly what you said. He, he said, you know, I am so sick and tired of hearing the crochet that, you know, come to work this and leave work the same way you came to work. He goes, what if they came to work drunk? Do you expect them to leave work when they're drunk too? You know, and, and it was just kind of funny the way that he put it. Uh, but I, I must say, I've, I found myself saying that once or twice. But I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, as safety professionals, we have to make the people that are working for us better, right? And I, I think what, what you're bringing is actually is doing that. Barb, I just, be, be, before I miss this thought, because Ted, Ted's spot on, and, then, and Barb, sorry for interrupting. I want to I go right back to you. But there's some really credible and recent research around this. And I know you're going to have some listeners that they appreciate good data and quality research. And to your point, we, we can't send people home the same way they showed up, Ted. Right yeah, now, data right. shows that six, 60% of people feel lonely. 70% of workers feel highly overworked. 80% of employees feel significantly distracted. Right? We know what distraction leads to in the workplace. 50% yep. of people burned out. 80% of workers feeling more stress and anxiety this time. So it just can't be a good idea for us to send people home better. It has to be an ideal right, that we practice moving forward. Um, Barb, sorry for interrupting. No, that's that's perfectly fine. That's really good information. I just wanted to say, listening to you talk about it, you can really tell that you're passionate. And I, I mean, we have a lot of passionate people on and it comes from a good place. But the way you describe kind of digging a little bit deeper and I hate to say, I think that's kind of unique. I don't I think it needs to be done more. So hearing you talk about that and really not only having the passion, but the follow through to really want to make a difference. You can tell that you do truly care, you know, and not everyone thinks of a job environment as a place to make a difference on a personal level when you leave. But that really, you know, that can fall into this category. And any little difference you can make in a positive way is a benefit to that employee. So I, I really like that concept. Yeah. And, and let let me not pretend that yeah, either I or the 3M company has it figured out. <laughs> let's let's well, clear that well, up. If you and, do, and, there's and, a lot of money to be made then. <laughs> and let's Let's, let's move that off the plate immediately and get that off the table. Um, that, there's no question about that. And right with, with that said, I, I hope that there are some things that, that I'm able to share with you and your audience today that will enhance whatever it is that's important to them, whether it's culture, right, whether it's frontline engagement, whether it's risk reduction, performance, excellence, whatever it is, 
that's that's really my intent today. And, and I hope and I pray that we can deliver on that for your listeners. Yeah. And, you know, Jason, you talk about you and 3M not being experts or have this all figured out. But the fact that you're willing to try. Absolutely. I think is is a big, big thing. And that kind of leads to um, another part of my question here is you talk a lot about, you know, a way to do this or start this is by empowering people and building trust. And we've heard that a lot, too. And that's important. You also talk about building psychological safety. Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit and explain that to us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Barbara, just so make sure I understand to talk a little bit about psychological safety and then maybe my perspective on that and then what the 3M company maybe has done to drive psychological safety. Yes. Is that right? Yep. That's, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So and w- when it comes to psychological safety, I just, I really believe there's two things, right? Number one, there's the physical safety, right? People have to be able to feel physically safe when they show up in the workplace. There's no question about that, but that is the baseline. Right. Once we are able to create physical safety for our people, then how do we drive psychological safety? So people feel equipped and then empowered to share their ideas, their thoughts, their suggestions and understanding that they won't be judged for them. They won't be shot down for them. Right. And they can do so freely and openly. Now that sounds good, right? That's very maybe utopian and that sounds like ideal state, but how do you do it? How Mm -hmm. do you do it? And so what we've deployed at the 3M company, and this was critical to have this in place pre-COVID, is a uh, it's a system, and we can just say for today's matter, it's a process. We'll call it a process. And we call it see and act. Okay, and what see and act is, is across all of our 230 global manufacturing sites, our plant leadership teams right, are tasked with one quality see and act engagement per month. Right. It's a very basic metric, but from there, they can do what they want to do with the metric. And most of them do many more than one CN act per month. And so what we do is we equip them to head out to the shop floor, engage with the frontline worker right, to do two things in every conversation. Number one, deepen trust with the frontline workers or the blue collar workers. And then number two, identify specific ways to reduce risk. And now you take a look at that and you're like, well, if they're only doing one a month or maybe one a week, what's, what's the significance of that? Well, the significance of it is that consistency compounds. And when we have our plant leadership teams who at some of our larger sites, you're talking 30, 40, or 50 members going out and touching base with our frontline workers to number one, understand how, or excuse me, to number one, deepen trust, and then number two, identify ways to reduce risk. What we're doing is we're creating and cultivating not only physical safety, but we're creating and cultivating that psychological safety piece as well. And what we're looking at right now is globally about 10,000 to 12,000 of those CNAC engagements each and every day across our sites on the shop floor, on the front line. So that's what we believe will drive psychological safety within the company. Again, do we have it figured out? No, but we've seen significant results thus far. Yeah, those numbers are amazing. And that will that will make a difference. I like what you said about the part of psychological safety, um, having people share ideas and thoughts without being judged. I feel like we've talked about this before, and Ted, you've brought that yep. up, that a lot of times people aren't willing to talk to that safety guy because they feel like they're just going to get their hand slapped for something you know, negative. And bringing that around and opening it up to listen to them, I think, is necessary. The cop mentality, unfortunately, that's out there with some safety people that are out there 
that believe that it's more important to discipline people rather than have build that trust and listen in an open way. And I, I think that's what you guys are doing at the 3M company is finding that way to, to feel comfortable when they say something that they don't know what the response might be to. Yeah. And, and, and Ted, you'll especially appreciate this one. You know, you referenced listening. And I, I think the data shows that, you know, depending on the person, we listen around 30 to 35% of our days, you know, give <laughs> or take, again, depending on the person. And, and so what we want to do is we want to equip our folks to really actively listen. And we actually use an acronym, and it's TED. And I'm not making this up. This couldn't be more, more oh, perfect no. right now. I'll never hear the but end yeah. of this one. Yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob's going to be hearing about this all the way home now, just so you know that. Well, that's good. It, it, it is not only good for safety and health, it improves marriages too. So I'll just leave that with you. <laughs> but it's, it's it, in all seriousness, um, what we've, um, and I shouldn't say what we've found, but generally speaking, what we find, right, is that the most effective communicators are really in, the most effective communicators just ask insightful, open-ended questions. That's the bottom line, right? They dig deeper in conversation. And so an acronym that we equip our frontline supervisors and then our plant leaders with is what we call talk like Ted. And we say, when we're in conversation with people, what we want to do is just ask questions like, tell me a little bit more about some of your concerns on the front line. That's the T in Ted. Tell me a little bit more. Right? The E is explain to me a little bit more about how you conduct this certain task or high hazard activity. Right? And then the D, right, would be describe to me what we can do as the site leadership team to deliver for you, right, to reduce risk and then to deepen trust. So tell me, explain to me, describe to me. And I know that seems pretty elementary for most people. But I'll offer that we don't generally communicate in open-ended questions. We naturally just kind of default to close-ended questions. So um, hopefully, right, that helps, and we've seen it help drive psychological safety and also reduce risk in our workplaces. I would agree. You know, a lot of times we don't ask those open-ended questions, right? And and sometimes we're in a hurry, and uh, sometimes when you do that, it's great effort. But what is what is the end product? What is that person saying about us? You know, or thinking. Right. They're like, are you in a hurry that they can't do that? And and you really need to get to the root of it. And I think that's a good way of doing that. And plus, those are that's great initials. You can't find better initials than that anyway. <laughs> it's hard to beat. Uh, that one's hard to beat. Oh, I thought you might appreciate that goodness one. Gracious. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. It You know, you said maybe it's kind of going back to basics, but it's really I think it's a reminder that a lot of people need all of us. And, you know, you can tell when you have those conversations you know, in the workplace or or on a personal level when someone's like really engaged and cares about what you have to say yep. or if they're just asking the question and really couldn't care less. So it is a good reminder, especially in the field of safety. Well, you know, even even this morning, I went to a job site this morning um, and uh, I brought donuts. And um, so we do the toolbox talk and I said, hey, guys, I just appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, we're not doing everything perfect, but you know what? We're getting there and stuff like that. And that, that little bit of just, hey, saying thank you, you know, for these guys and, and listening to their, their concerns, that makes a big difference in them. And, and they're going to go out and be more efficient, I believe. Right. And, and I love that, Ted. You know, you, you never know what something like a, a little handwritten note, right. what a snack with some donuts in the morning. You, you never know what that's going to do to shift someone's day. And um, I don't know. I just I just appreciate the level of thoughtfulness that that takes because clearly you had to go out of your way right, to make that happen. 
for whoever you're engaging with today. So it's, it's little things like that that I think we often underestimate. I agree, you know, and like you said too, a, a pat on the back. I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful that is with people. You know, I'll, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. You did a great job. You know, because we're doing more things right, that person usually is doing more things right than wrong, you know. And I think we always got to focus on that. And, of course, I'm the positive safety coach, so I, I try to look at that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, th- there's oddly enough, so I, I am, I'm, an, I'm an avid reader. You could say a voracious reader, and so I have a study for everything. It's a problem, but it actually helps in situations, too. And it, it, it's not just that a pat on the back feels good, and I love that you brought this up, Ted. Mm-hmm. But there's oddly enough, there's a study that was recently released that NBA teams in the preseason, the NBA teams that gave their teammates the most high fives, pats on the butt, or pats on the back, keep 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 the pats on the butt appropriate in the workplace, <laughs> right? But, I like that. But 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 pats on the back, right? In the preseason, right? Seventy to eighty games before the finals, right? Those were the most successful teams. Actually, the championship team had the most. You could say pats on the back in the preseason months earlier. So. It's not that it's just a good practice, but now what we're seeing is it actually makes a big difference amongst the highest performing teams, Ted. So I just, I love you brought that up. Well, I, I think that's a great point. And here being in Milwaukee, of course, we got the world champion uh, Milwaukee Bucks right now. So they must be doing a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I would imagine if you pay close attention to their next game, you will see all kinds of that teammate appreciation and recognition. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I just kind of wanted to bring up one um, other point that I, I know that you kind of focus on. We talked about, you know, getting the frontline workers engaged and asking for their input. Um, you talk about focusing on what failed and not who failed. Can you elaborate on how that kind of brings more people um, open and willing to share? I know a lot of times we've talked about, you know, People feel like they can't get caught doing something wrong, but you say it's more about what failed, not who. Yeah, I'll share this. Um, I was over in Ireland working with one of our acquisition sites. Uh, we just acquired a, a big company a couple of years ago, really significant um, acquisition for the 3M company. I'm over there. I'm in Ireland a couple of weeks ago, and I'm working with the site leadership team and then the global director of this particular business. And this director, he, he stands up and he's addressing the audience before an eight-hour workshop, and he simply says this. He says, guys and gals, he said, you know what? Leadership creates culture and culture drives behavior. And he says, so, right, if leadership creates culture and culture drives behavior, then if there happens to be a particular incident, guess whose responsibility it is? And he said, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mine. And if you're in a leadership role at this site, it, it's yours as well. And so that type of thinking that when something happens on the front lines, what we need to do, right, and this is one of the hardest parts about being a leader is there's only one place to look, right? And we've got to take a look at ourselves and how is it that I'm showing up each day? How is it that the processes and systems that I and that we've put into place as leaders within this company is driving potential non-ideal behaviors on the shop floor? That's number one. But then number two, right, how is it that our systems are not making the right way the easy way for the workers, because as you know, the workers are always going to do the easy way. All human beings are going to take the path of least resistance. Yep. So how is it that our systems are not setting the workers up to win? Right? So instead of focusing on who failed, 
because none of us ever feel good when we make a mistake, an error, or a fault. Yep. We're already feeling guilty about ourselves. We focus Correct. on the systems and the processes that drove that behavior. You know, there's the, the Todd Conklins, the Sidney Deckers, all kinds of kind of philosophers, practitioners in this space mm-hmm. that could explain that way better than I just did. But that's the general principle. And that's been um, fairly transformational uh, within our company. And we have a long way to go down that road. But we believe that we're moving in the right direction with that just simple distinction that you just shared, Barb. Yeah, I I like that. I think that's another good point you bring up. And not that I want to get off all of this topic. We're kind of ending our time together, Jason. But I wanted to bring up something. You know, we're entering the holiday season. And I was on your LinkedIn and I saw one of your passions. Um, Is it best Christmas ever? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. actually it is. You're you're very good, Barb. I just wanted you to just briefly kind of explain that to um, our listeners. We do something, I think, on a, a much smaller scale with our church called Project X. But can you just give a little synopsis on what that is? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the high level. So basically what happened is uh, one of my best high school friends, this was a few years ago, he was, he was at one of the lowest points in his life. He has uh, had ulcerative colitis and he was down about 60 pounds. He had been through multiple surgeries and he was a single father with a five-year-old son at the time. And he was sitting there on Christmas Eve in northern Minnesota and he had a Charlie Brown Christmas tree in the corner of his house. and um, he basically said, you know what, I'm, I'm a failure as a father and I'm a failure as a businessman because he was an entrepreneur and his businesses clearly weren't going anywhere because he was either in surgery or recovering from surgery for the last few months. And out of nowhere, he received a knock on the door and it was his mother and his grandmother out of a complete surprise on Christmas Eve. And they showed up with two big red velvet bags mm-hmm. uh, filled with gifts, uh, Santa Claus type bags that night. And he said he went from the lowest moment of his life to something he'll never forget. And he wanted to pay it forward for the rest of his life. So long story short, him and I connected the next Christmas. We surprised one family. It was a construction worker, a father of five, whose wife had just lost her job. And he was out of work due to a brain tumor. Wow. Uh, we surprised them. It was just so addicting. You get that rush and that, yes. wow, it you know, feels better to give than to get. Right. And then now... We're about 10 years later, and we've blessed uh, more than 500 families across about 17 states, four countries. And each of these families, this is what differentiates Best Christmas Ever, receives somewhere between $10,000 of specific tangible items that they need, up to we've delivered Best Christmas Ever's up to $40,000 of tangible value for a single family. And they have no idea. No idea it's happening. It's a complete surprise. And it's strangers from their community that do all of the work for two to three months to bless one family, usually around that Christmas Eve time frame. So that's that's best Christmas ever, what we call BCE now. I love it. I, yes. That's that's amazing. And I just wanted you to, you know, explain that to our listeners. It's that time of year. And uh, that's that's a really special thing. So thank yeah. you for filling us in. It really is. Yeah, can, can, do we have time for, for you two to share what, what you had referenced there, Barb, how it's something similar? I'm interested. I'm intrigued in that. Uh, yeah, just real briefly, our um, church that we belong to, it's very uh, small scale compared to what you're doing. But as a church community, um, every year we've been involved for probably the last five years. This year we're a lead on a family. Um 
we get names of families. I think this year we're helping about 20 families in our local area. And the family we have this year is a single dad with eight kiddos living with him. And we reach out and through donations in our church, we do the shopping for them, get them some fun little things for the kids. And if they need a Christmas tree, we do that and get some things that are necessities. And we deliver them a couple weeks before Christmas all wrapped up. So um, yeah, it's at our local church. We kind of uh, do that. It's called Project X. So yeah, and, and and like you were saying before, you know, we always want to make sure we're paying it forward, and and that's such a such a difficult time for some people. So um, it, it allows us to to give back to people that have given to us so so great over the years. Yeah, and and you know, just imagine if just um, every one of us just went out and did one kind thing, just because either this Thanksgiving with Thanksgiving two days from now mm-hmm. or Christmas, right. you know, just imagine the exponential impact of that. So I, I appreciate the work that you're doing and, and it's not about the scale. It's not at all right. about the scale. It's about the tangible, tangible act of, of just doing something for something else. That's cool. Project Definitely. X. You said. Project, yep. Yes. Yep. Well, Hey cool. Jason, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, as you know, though, I'm the positive safety coach and we always kind of like to have a little fun with our <laughs> guest. And so we're kind of looking forward to this part. Um, so I'm going to let Barb say the first one here today, we and we're going to see how you're going to do, Jason. Yeah, we have a couple jokes here for you. Talking about uh, Christmas season, how much did Santa pay for his sleigh? How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Um, I don't know, but I bet you have an answer, Barb. I do. <laughs> <laughs> she always has an answer. <laughs> he, he didn't pay anything. It was on the house. Hey! Ah, today, come on. That was a pretty good Uh, one. All right, Jason. That was good. What do Santa's little helpers learn at school? What do Santa's little helpers learn at school? Santa's little helpers something around elves. Elves. Ah. um, Oh, you're close. I don't know elves. How to build shelves? (laughs) I don't know what is it, Ted. The elf. I'll bet. <laughs> the elf. There we go. Hey, there we yeah. go. That's good. All right, Jason. I, I might I think Barb got you on this one, Ted. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I, I agree. Why, why do you think I picked that one to say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, we want to thank you again for being on the show. And if listeners want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Yeah, LinkedIn message is the easiest way, Ted. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so just drop me a direct message there and I'll do my best to respond in a day or two. Perfect. Well, sounds good. Thank you very much, um, uh, you and the 3M company, and, and for the things that you're doing, too, uh, beyond that, Jason. So appreciate you being on the show. Have a super safe day. Thanks. Thanks Take care. Dad. Thanks, Barb. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Ted Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 